This episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen is not intended as a substitute for seeing your own mental health provider. We are here to initiate conversations about sex. Let's keep the conversations going. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSexPod or email us at TalkingSexPodcasts at gmail.com. We also want to give special thanks to Nathan Diffie for our podcast cover art and our wonderful editor, Julia W.D. Harrison. Lynn Ponton and I, Jennifer Wong, are the executive producers. Yo. There's certain things that I can talk to you about that I can't really with my dad. I don't think we should talk about this. Hi, I'm Jen. Welcome to Spotlight on Sex, and I'm here with Lynn today. Hi, Jen. How are you doing this morning? Uh, we're both a little tired, I think, but I'm hoping this subject's going to get us going. <laughs> I think it will. Once we get into it, we'll get a little bit energized, but definitely I'm a little bit less energetic than I normally am. But the reason I think this topic is so important, we're going to be talking about the new law that was passed in France around the beginning of May that has to do with models being required to obtain medical certificates from their doctors that show that they have a general physical well-being and that they're not excessively underweight. And on top of that, a separate law is going to be addressing the retouching of photographs. And now, I think it's in October, I'll have to double check that date. But as of October, in France, all commercial photographs that have been retouched in some way are going to have to be labeled as such. Yeah. I, as you know, Jen, I was just in France right. just uh, about four weeks ago when the law was passed. So I experienced seeing on the television there and hearing people talk about these things. And there was more discussion, not so much about the medical certificates for the models, but about the, the fact that everything would have to be labeled retouché, you know, for retouching the photographs. So it impressed me that almost all of the photos that they use in advertising were retouched and even the videos. So they were talking about this as a large economic venture to ensure safety and health for women. Interesting. You know, at the same time, uh, uh, Brigitte Macron, you know, uh, the president's uh, now wife or wife because he was elected, was also being featured. So it was really about health for women, acknowledging older women as responsible people. And the French people were very supportive of Brigitte. She has a huge following. And uh, I really saw it as a vote for health for women, to yeah. vote for both of these things simultaneously. That's so interesting because here in the U.S. we haven't seen so much of that aspect of it. I think there's been a lot of talk about the medical certificate. There's also been a lot of talk around the retouching of photographs, but we haven't really gotten so much about Brigitte. Yeah, and I think to think about that she is 20 years older than her husband. She's seen by a lot of, uh, shall we say, mature French women or wise French women as being a, a leader in that area. Yeah. And uh, it's a contrast with her own president and his partner and uh, their situation. So very different types of relationships. So what do you think about, can you share some of the discussion that was going on around the retouching of photographs? 
Well, I think there was the economic aspect of it, but there were a number of impassioned women in the media speaking about uh, newscasters, um, you know, journalists talking about how they had been affected by anorexia and anorectic beliefs when they were younger. And they had restricted and they had, it had altered their career path you know, making them not as successful as they otherwise would have been. Interesting. So there was much more open back and forth discussion, admission of struggling with the problems. Uh, I admired them for being able to speak out so openly about it and really talk about the importance of these laws. Yeah, I mean, I think what's so powerful too is I think sometimes on one hand as we get older and we engage more in discussions, if we engage more in discussions, then you start to build these filters about, oh, well, you know, these images are probably retouched, but you're not sure. And I think particularly in working with a lot of the young teens, there's so much of a focus on image for women, but also for for girls, but also for boys. And it just brings up I think that even just having that little mark that this image is retouched is an important first step. But I think it's kind of interesting that it doesn't address the fact that how come we can't have images that just aren't retouched? Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. And especially since it's known to affect health. Right. There are a number of studies that indicate that teen magazines and fashion magazines are the largest offenders for creating false body beliefs for women and girls. So if this is a factor, why not say that all of these photos have to either be labeled or not utilized? Um, I think the saddest thing for me about all of this, I did treat (laughs) a number of models years ago, Mm -hmm. but also ballet dancers and uh, a whole other group of individuals where there's a high pressure on weight. Many of the models showed me that I treated that their internal bodies or abdomens were entirely taped for the shoots. So underneath the clothing, they're taped very tightly to look the way they do. And all of this is so alarming. And they're already often very thin as ballet dancers. Exactly. And to see them taped and constricted in this way and their bodies really tormented and it affected, of course, their psychological beliefs. Yeah. You know, my body's too fat because these five men who are photographing me are telling me I've got to use all this tape on it, and they're putting it on. Right. But then all the individuals, the young girls who look at the photos are affected by it. So it's huge impact. Well, I think I think that's what strikes me the most, I guess, is that it's very interesting. I think it's a great first step to acknowledge, yes, these photos are retouched. Yeah. I think it in a way, it doesn't go far enough to have people start taking responsibility, the industry to take responsibility for setting that standard. Yeah, and that's how do we help the industry do this? I mean, since the Women's March, you know, I think we're out, women are out there, they're more conscious of these things. And there are a lot of factors that play into it. But how could we really underscore, you know, body health for women in our country? Well, I think there's a lot of politics around the body, too, and that can probably be a whole episode in itself. But the idea of how much attention do you get? Do you get respect? Do you get power? All of these things, I think, are playing in young girls, but also women as we grow up and age and try to figure things out in a way 
what I noticed with a lot of the young girls that I was working with that were either eating disordered or anorexic in particular was they really didn't feel their body was theirs until they started restricting. And so part of the restriction was sort of being able to claim their body, except they were doing it in an unhealthy way. And I think when you've incorporated the societal belief that you have to be thin, then that's what happens. You actually gain power through restriction. But it's important to see that that belief is, is unhealthy, it's imposed, and it's a cultural manipulation. But, you know, when you're young, it's enough to figure out you've got to like your body and hopefully like your body in a healthy way. And that's hard to figure out in our culture. Well, it is hard to figure out because we have such extremes, too. In a way, you have sort of the wafy but adult woman. And you also have the sort of overly voluptuous woman. And there's not really a lot of, well, what do bodies really look like? You just have these two ideals that many people don't fit into. You make a very good point. There's just not a lot of room for real women's bodies in the images. And uh, some of the uh, actors who've uh, really highlighted that, like Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, insisted, I think, on being photographed the way she really looked. And that was so helpful because I can remember seeing a photograph of hers. And it was when she was older and thinking, now that's a real body there. And it it was almost a shock in the magazine because it looked different from all of the other photographs. Well, I remember Kiera Knightley, too, doing something very similar. I mean, she's a pretty petite-looking woman, pretty wafy, and naturally so, as far as I understand. And... She represents Chanel, and I remember, I don't remember what uh, ad it was for, but it was one of the perfumes that she was promoting, and they had, like, enhanced her to look like she had larger breasts, Mm -hmm. and she actually spoke out about it, and I thought that was really powerful, too, because it showed that even though she sort of, in some ways, fit that thin ideal, even she struggled with being altered, Right. And you get to the cultural ideal is one where it's an impossible one for women to really be, you know, with large breasts and small other parts of their bodies. And it's impossible to be that way. So it really puts pressure on young girls who don't, I think, understand that. As we grow, we know that and we almost don't look at the advertisements in the same way. But we really need media savvy and skills to really understand this. Well, another thing I think that's very interesting is that with this law, the retouching law, it only applies to commercial photographs. So it doesn't quite address the fashion industry and the selection of people who look a certain way. So I think it can be positive in terms of, okay, you're starting to see this image is retouched, but even when it comes to high-end fashion, you know, I have friends who work in the fashion industry or have worked in the fashion industry, and even though these models are pretty teeny tiny, they're still pinned, as you were talking about with the ballet Mm -hmm. dancers, you know, they're pinned into these dresses, and some dresses are only available in certain sample sizes that are really tiny, and There's just so much around it that I wonder if, you know, models already have so much pressure put on them by trying to get hired by certain agencies, looking a certain way, 
if maybe some of the responsibility with this law, it sounds like it's being put on the models and sort of doctors to be able to assess. But what about the fact that there are these other factors? You know, it's a little bit like, okay, you can address this one issue, but you're ignoring the environment in which it happens. I think it's going to be important for us to come back to this in our conversations, Jen, because I believe exactly that will happen. The models will go to doctors, plead with them to say, look, I don't have anorexia or disordered eating, so that they can then get the job with the agency. Right. And the age, the modeling agencies that work with the French fashion industry will continue to really implement these other things. But cultural images change gradually. And mm-hmm. if you have to label the photos in Vogue, French, and American magazines with retouched, that gets everybody started thinking about the process. Um, I think there should be an organization that protects models, that really works on some of these issues, the taping of bodies, the minimum body weight that should be enhanced, the BMI, Mm -hmm. you know, should be regulated because the industry is so abused, the young women and young men who really are in it. Well, that brings up an interesting point, too, from what I understand in reading, because there are similar policies like in India, Italy, Spain, but they require or they have the requirement of the BMI. And a big part of the pushback against the law in France was that BMI doesn't take into account sort of individual bodies. And that was why they wanted, they pushed for doctors to be the ones to assess for health. Yeah, no, it's it's a real argument and discussion. But I think uh, in France, we're going to see it because the doctors are going to comment you know, the, the, we'll hear about the young women who are trying to get the certificates. So what actually happens with this law, you know, will come forward and, and then changes could be made that made it work more effectively. I think what they're saying in France, they see themselves as a leader worldwide because the, the fashion industry is their area of leadership. And they see that they're trying to make changes that could help the whole world. And I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I think it has potential to set a very positive precedent. We just have to see kind of how it's implemented. So you mentioned working with some of the the ballet dancers. And I know you had told me that you worked on some of the guidelines and setting up sort of different regulations. Can you talk about those in terms of things to look out for? Yeah, yeah. There are very many committees doctors who work with the ballet companies in America, the dance companies, ballet companies, and uh, ballet has had more pressure, I think, to have thinner bodies. The other dance companies have really looked at BMI earlier. Mm. They've looked at health conditions. Um, They also, there are issues about dancing when you have, uh, you know, an injury. You don't want to do that. And you can actually think of anorexia as an injury, and then you dance, and you make yourself vulnerable to things like heart attacks. I found the dance industry that I've worked with in America very open to changing this. The pressures that I see in America are more around individual dancers within a company who see that maybe the thinner dancers are chosen for choice parts. And then it's really how do you navigate that? In your own mind as a dancer, do you think, if I were just thinner, I'd get that part? 
or is it going to this thinner dancer for another reason other than their weight? Right. That's the tricky thing. So there have to be a lot of educational programs within dance companies and choosing dancers with all body types to really make it work well. Well, I think what's hard, too, is this gets a little bit more into kind of working with the eating disorder and anorexia component. But I think one of the big things I saw in working with them is that what's really hard is in the beginning, when they start to lose weight, they they often are positively reinforced. And it's really not until they're getting to a severely unhealthy place. And by then, a lot of the disordered eating, um, how do you explain it, like thinking patterns, the different structures, they're set in place. And so even though on some level they can see that they're not in a healthy place, part of them also is still searching for that positive feeling that they, the positive feedback that they get when they were becoming thinner. And so it's really this slippery slope. Yeah, you bring up so many important points with these problems and with our treatment strategies. Yeah. Because we want to target the behavioral patterns, which have really gone awry and are restricting. But there's also thought patterns associated with it. Oh, that's a huge part. And you have to target the thoughts of the girls and young women who are struggling with this problem, as well as their behaviors. And it's a really difficult, you know, (laughs) therapy to work on. Both of us treat a lot of individuals with this problem. And it's a real struggle. How do you work to change that? And it only happens slowly. And I think opening an individual's eyes in so many areas and then ensuring that their weight moves to a healthy area. Yeah, I think it's redefining health instead of weight as a number. And I think that's hopefully where some of this will go in terms of the laws and the regulations. But I definitely think it's a good start. It, it, it It's something that has to be addressed and we have to start somewhere. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of the laws in France because um, I think there France is can in part role model for America and the West, rest of the world and really set up different ways of looking at these things. Yeah, especially because, as you said, France is the leading, seen as the leading fashion industry. Yeah. Well, Jen, thanks for encouraging us to talk about this, and we'll come back to it again. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks for sharing your knowledge. Come on, let's talk about